Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, our guest, Larry. Who is our guest tonight? I thought you should you should say. Our guest is one of uh, George's top rising stars, fresh off a trip to the New Japan Dojo in Los Angeles. Ike Cross will be our guest at seven fifteen. Now, Larry, you gave Ike Cross one of the best compliments that I've ever heard you give anything, and you said in your opinion, that I cross, correct me if I'm wrong, just as, in terms of sheer athletic talent is tops in the state of Georgia. I will stand by that. Um, a uh, authority no less than Charles uh, Anchett said if he was buying stock in a wrestler, he would buy stock in I cross. Nice. Nice. And, of so, course, uh, I, you know, Larry, I don't know if you've heard, speaking of Charles, uh I've gotten a lot of feedback about um, we had Charles on as a guest, and um, it was very emotional. I thought it was a, a really stellar interview. I thought he kind of handled everything very well and um, high marks, which is which is rare. Usually there's somebody who's going to piss and moan about something, but Charles' appearance seemed to be the rare thing, at least from the feedback that I received, uh, being sort of universally liked and uh, – that's really saying something. I agree. I got the same kind of feedback, and um, I haven't looked at the downloads, but in terms of the actual show posting, we got more interest than in, you know anything except the annual awards. Wow. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, of course I'm. You know, he was too ill to make it to the show um, Saturday night, and I I have not heard how he was doing. I know he was back in the hospital again. Um, he did respond back during the show when I sent him a text, but I have not heard since Saturday how he's doing since then. Hmm. So, Larry, where were you uh, Where were you last weekend? I was at Loganville for Southern Fried. I had to flip a coin between there and Peach State, and I wound up going to Loganville. It was a good show, a real good story show. Loud building. Boy, is that building loud. Woo! Gymnasium, you know. Um and they, they put on a good show. I also heard, and we'll have a report up tomorrow night from Rob Brodicker, Peach State also had a very good show, particularly uh, Tyson Dean and Slim J, apparently really tore oh, the wow. house down. And they, they also drew well, so they're, um, they seem to be picking back up again as well, too. 
Good. And uh, but of course, the the story of wrestling is WrestleMania. So WrestleMania, we both saw WrestleMania, and we both saw uh, Takeover. What were your What were your overall impressions of the uh, Super Bowl of wrestling and NXT, which has consistently the Takeovers have consistently sort of outperformed their Big Brother show. Uh, did you feel like that happened again at Wrestle with WrestleMania and Takeover this year? Well, it was more to my taste. I thought they really tore the house down in that opening ladder match. And oh my god! I, I, I mean, there there was nothing I didn't enjoy about the takeover show. The only thing I, as I, as I mentioned before we went on the air, I did. I've not. I've only seen the opening minutes of um, Gargano and Ciampa, and I mean, I read that it was great. I, I assume that yeah, you, you watched it. Really, alert, it, really, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, uh, you know, my perspective on wrestling is different now. It really is. I, I don't watch nearly as much as I used to. Um, if I hear about something or I can anticipate something that I know is going to be great, like I, I definitely caught the New Japan stuff that everybody was talking about and the tag match and all of that. Um, of course, I'm going to watch WrestleMania. It was it was kind of weird taking WrestleMania in, having been there live last year when it was here in Orlando. Um, I, so I told you, I kind of, a theory about the WWE and WrestleManias based on what we saw this last weekend. And here's the theory in a nutshell. Um, It used to be that the WWE was, if not the trendsetter, they did their thing. And then the rest of wrestling did their own thing. But now WWE is, it's, it definitely, um, you know, the production values are still top notch. I think when you look at all of the shows, like I even caught some WWN stuff. Um, like there's no compare. There is not a league, a professional wrestling league. This includes Japan. This especially includes impact. That is anywhere in the neighborhood of the WWE. There's just, there's nobody that's even close. I don't know if the gap has ever been wider, Larry, where, there's the WWE. I'm just in terms of the look, the feel, the everything. And oh, everybody yeah. else is – they're not even in the same – I mean, they're not even doing the same thing. But no. I don't know if the WWE has ever embraced, and uh, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, an indie aesthetic more than it does now. Um, I- let me explain what I mean. I think that that finish with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is inexplicable. I think it's head-scratching, and it comes down to something no more complicated than um, everybody knew what we were going to do, so we just went another way. Now, maybe they had something, some kind of deal made with that Saudi Arabian, like, paid show that, you know, we got to do the title change there. But it really felt almost indie-rific to have Roman Reigns after, I mean, kicking out of how many F5s that nobody's kicked out of an F5 in, like, God knows how long, and go through all that, and he's bleeding hard way, and just all this ridiculous crap they're putting Roman Reigns through, and then he doesn't win. It just felt like, well, everybody knows, and, and I mean, pulling the kid out of the crowd for the tag thing, which honestly, believe it or not, Larry, I, I don't shit all over that. Cause again, I, I think, you know, if you, if you accept the premise 
that the WWE is embracing more and more of an indie aesthetic, then it makes perfect sense. And honestly, I don't, I don't know if, if certain things have the same value as they did before. So what is really hurt by that kid being pulled out of the crowd? And again, I know this sounds just completely ridiculous, but as the WWE, part of their thing is they are sort of continue to sort of claw for recognition. And by the way, um, this is going to also strike you as incredibly strange. I thought um, the performer of the night, who do you think, who do you think I'm going to say was the performer of the night for WrestleMania? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> Stephanie, Ronda Rousey. I think Ronda Rousey. Now, this is not to say that she wasn't, you know, assisted a great deal by great booking and a number of stellar performances around her. But I think of all the all the expectations, she exceeded the expectations uh, that were placed upon her more than anybody else. I'll I don't know. That's that that's that's my standard on that. Like AJ Nakamura, obviously those guys are going to have to, I mean, they're on SmackDown, which is a shit brand right now. So they're going to have to wrestle each other a dozen times. So anybody who's disappointed about them not doing more, guess what? They're going to do more. Yeah, we're going to see more where they came from. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, And, and, you know, everything else was what it was. You know, the first two matches that officially started off WrestleMania were sensational. I even thought the third match... Um, though people kind of shit on it, I thought it was the match that it was supposed to be. I thought it was one of the best laid out WrestleManias in a long time. Every I match had a had a reason to happen, and even the stuff that was kind of like felt like a dip, like oh that was a little disappointing. You know what? It was they were at least happened in places where that needs to happen. I think something that people don't understand is you can't just keep two feet on the gas in fifth gear all the time. In no, no, if, you, if you were going to do a, a five hour show, if you must do a five hour show, that was about as well laid out as you could get it to, to run a yeah. show that yeah. long. Um, I agree. I, I agree with that. And the only thing I didn't like about uh, the kid out of the crowd thing is that you knew it couldn't be, you knew it had to be a plan. I mean, they couldn't possibly take a real kid sure. out of the crowd in that situation. That was the only thing that, I mean, it's like, you know, and I guess it was referee John Cohen's son, who actually, he looked so dear in the headlights. He did look like a kid that was just dragged out of the crowd, but you just knew it couldn't be. Yes. Uh, um, yes. But, but you yeah, know, I, I, I thought, you know, a number of people acquitted themselves very well. And, you know, in terms of, like, we briefly talked about, like, that Cena-Undertaker thing that's so inexplicable, but there were a couple things like that. I think they just they just went for making a strong – like, that's one thing I do like about WrestleMania overall. My overall note is they made strong choices. Now, that some of them may not have worked, but they always made the strong choice. It's like, we're going to push this tag team. And so they're going to smash New Day's ass. Like, right. you know, like we're, gonna right. pu- we're pushing them. We're pushing these brothers. We're pushing them. And it's like Undertaker. Um, is he going to be wh- – what we don't want is people to go – to be disappointed in the performance. So we're going to go as strongly as we can on just making it a dominant performance. 
And that match, I think, Larry, correct me if I'm wrong, I think if not for the the big boot that missed by about seven and a half football fields, I, I think if that <laughs> spot didn't happen or if it was done better, I think that, honestly, I would have come away from that match with a very different feeling. I think I would have been okay with it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. that spot, and Jeff had mentioned this earlier when we talked, like that spot was so nakedly awful, it honestly took me out of it. But I think yeah. if they hadn't blown that spot so badly that I would, have been, I would have been like, whoa, I think I would have just ridden the emotion of the whole thing and they would have got me there super fast which is something the WWE, which again, I think is a very indie thing to do is to have this sort of palate cleanser match where something ends sooner than you expect it rather than dragging on too long. The WWE, I think one knock that they've had on pay-per-view matches is often you could trim five to 10 minutes out of almost every match and any triple H match that he's involved in. You can trim 15 minutes off of that match. Yeah. And yeah. but this one, though the Ralphie thing felt a little long, I, I thought it was justified in that. I mean, you really had somebody who is clearly going to be a big piece of the future of the company. I think that was my most shocking takeaway. That I want to see Rousey wrestle a match. Like, well, and, I, and I honestly was shocked by that. I was like, I, I want to see what she, what would she do against Charlotte? I want to see it. You know, and they had enough um, content in that match as long as it was to to keep it interesting, even though it was very long. Um, and of course, whatever Rousey was going to do in that match was going to be interesting to watch. So yeah, I, I I didn't as long as it was. I thought it I thought it worked okay. One thing about um, Lesnar going over was that driven yeah. by him re-signing. I mean, I, was that I'm the whole... convinced. I mean, I could that that could very well be. I'm convinced that it has to do with that Saudi Arabia thing that, that, you know, cause can you imagine how much those guys probably paid for that WWE show? Oh yeah. Um, and I just, I can only imagine that part of that deal was something big has to happen. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it sort of reminds me in a weird way of a day in an age in wrestling where, where like a Japanese guy would sort of buy the belt. You know, whether it was Baba in the NWA world title or it was Inoki buying the WWF title. Oh, yes, that happens, by the way, folks, um, for those that don't know. And, um, like, I find that really interesting. Like, that we're still in a day and age where, at the end of the day, that, I mean, we'll see if I'm right. If But if Roman Reigns wins the title in that cage match against Lesnar in Saudi Arabia... I'm going to just declare that I'm right. I, I think that they bought that title, like, in a weird well, way. And, uh, I'm interested yeah, in Yeah, surely they can't beat him again. I mean... Oh, I mean, he's already... I mean, dude, Larry, here's a question. Is Roman Reigns in great peril of being the Lex Luger of now? Where, you know, Lex uh, Luger, they built up this big thing with Yokozuna... And then he won, but he won by countout, wasn't it? Yeah. And so they did this big balloon drop, but it basically let the Lex Express in a like a flaming fucking crash. And that right. was the basically right. the end of him being taken seriously. 
um, as a title contender. Has that already happened to Roman Reigns, or can it be recovered in some way, shape, or form? I think they're on the verge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people don't like him. A lot, of, a lot of fans don't like him. Anyways, a baby face. They can't like not. They can't beat him again. They just can't. He's got to go over at the at the Saudi Arabia thing. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Hey, we, Interesting. we uh, our guest of honor has arrived. Yes, give him proper intro, Larry. We are joined by a man who is starring wherever he goes around the state of Georgia. He is currently the Southern Fry Championship Wrestling Phase 1 Trophy Champion. Who knows what other titles he may be holding at the present time. I'm sure there's several. <laughs> We're joined now by Ike Cross. Welcome to the Tipping Point, sir. How are you doing? How are you doing today? Doing All right, great, how are you? Ike? Oh, man, I'm grand. I've been running around all day, working out, all that good stuff, and, man, it's been a day. Well, Ike, uh, I know you and I have never met before, Stephen Platinum, um, but, Ike, you know, the number one thing people say about you is how athletic you are. Um, just real quick for people that might not know you, what do you attribute your athleticism to? What What are, like, the three big things in your life that you think helped make you the great athlete that you are right now? All right, the, the first one I'm going to tell you, it's, it's kind of a funny story, but I'm, I'm telling you it's 100% true. Everybody always, you know, kind of chuckles when I say it. But I had uh, <laughs> I, out of, out of my family, I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm the middle child. I had an older sister, and uh, she's about two years older than me, and she was a baton twirler. So uh, often she would go outside and, you know, with a baton and be doing all these cool tricks with the baton and some some cartwheels and some front flips and some back flips and it you know that, that garnered a lot of attention from my parents or anybody else who was outside and I was just, and I thought to myself you know I, I like that <laughs> attention maybe I, maybe I should be out there uh, doing some flips and playing with some batons so I actually uh, <laughs> I would go out and try to match her flip, like flip by flip or anything she would do and I mean one of my hidden talents is I, I'm I'm a pretty mean baton twirler boys so <laughs> tremendous. That, that, tremendous that's literally how, that, that's literally how it started but uh <laughs> after that because i would say that would that's probably uh, age five through maybe 10 you know that little phase <laughs> after that it's got to be power rangers man <laughs> i would see uh uh the green power ranger my personal favorite he'd be uh <laughs> I don't know if you know the story of Power Rangers. I won't get into it, but I'm sure some of the the listeners will. But uh, Tommy Oliver would have these. But basically, the Power Rangers have a a karate background. So I saw a lot of uh, spin kicks and jumps. And, and of course, you know, I'm adolescent Ike. I wanted wanted to be cool. I wanted to be able to do those cool karate moves. So I, you know, find myself outside again with with baton or without, you know, (laughs) spin kicking (laughs) and jumping around. And uh, I'm I'm telling you, man. I, I don't. Those are the those are the biggest two. I would I would go well, to school and then. The, go ahead. I'm sorry. Ike, what's your, what's your what's your sports background? Do you hear me? Yes. Well, I was wondering what your sports background was in, like in high school and stuff. All right. So fast forward to high school. <laughs> uh, high school, it, it's it was it was football around uh, around when I was 13 years old. I, I started. Uh, working out and all that good stuff and 
I was naturally good at it because I, I imagine because I was already an active kid. So, uh, you know, I was kind of, kind of, I would say further on than my peers. And, you know, when you're kind of ahead, you get a little bit of attention from that. You just kind of tack on and tack on because you like, you like the way it feels. You like the way people look at you and talk to you. So I'm pretty much just, just crave attention and I love, (laughs) I love the reactions that I get from it. So I just try to work hard and, stay to where people will give me that attention that I need. So, I mean, I think that I honestly, that is such a refreshingly honest answer. I think sometimes <laughs> in this day and age, uh, you know, cause her, my, my, my wife puts it like this and she, and she's a performer. Um, like she goes, the problem with performers isn't that they crave attention. She goes, that's a that's a normal thing that sort of drives people to perform because there, there's an ego involved, right? What you're saying is, I'm so interesting to watch that you should pay to watch me, right? And that that's requires exactly a certain right. amount of arrogance, right? But she goes, the problem is a lot of performers have a hole in their soul that needs to be filled with other people's adoration. That's when it's a problem. So what are you doing? Because clearly you've got a good head on your shoulders and things are going well. What makes it that you have, you don't have but hole in your soul that instead wrestling is adding to your life instead of taking the place of other things in your life? Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, is, your, is your question, what am I doing to kind of balance that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. Well, from wrestling being something that I've always wanted to do, the fact that I'm even uh, being able to, to get in the ring and someone handing me money is pretty freaking sweet. So that's a good <laughs> I mean, that alone is <laughs> enough reason for me to get going. I remember one of my first matches I uh, finished, and I got, I'm not going to name the promotion or where or anything, but I got paid $5, and I was like, I just got paid to do that? And it's just, I, I, I don't know, it's kind of been building up from there. I mean, you know, the payouts been getting higher and higher, and it's just the coolest thing, man. Why not? Why not get paid to go be half naked and do funny stuff that I would have done as a kid? <laughs> well, uh, Ike, you, uh, were you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were in the military as well? I was, man. Six years in the Marine Corps. Wow. Yeah, six six whole years. I, I often forget about it until someone mentions it. But <laughs> what? What? How do you think that helped hurt? What? What impact do you think the mil- that had on you? Uh, interesting question. Um, a lot of people kind of try to tell me that's where I got my athleticism and my mental toughness and all that good stuff. But I'm one to think that I had it before that because, <laughs> but I mean, uh, I for sure think it had, a, it, play, it plays a part in it. I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, politics as you guys might know in wrestling and uh, just dealing with that alone takes mental toughness. So, I mean, that, that part of wrestling, I, I really think the Marine Corps be like uh, preparing me because, you know, your first use of Marine Corps, you're nothing. You get hazed, you get this and that. And it just, it, for me, it's just, you know, starting off as a pretty new guy in wrestling. I'm only a year and five months deep. You know, there's yeah. certain, <laughs> there's certain, uh, like, uh, you get treated a certain way and you just gotta, you kind of just gotta know your place, know your place. And I, I think Marine Corps is helping most with that. But I mean, as far as, hmm. 
as far as athleticism or anything else, it, it's more just increased my mental capacity. Um, so the that New Japan thing that you did, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. The New Japan thing that you did, what what did you take away from that experience? And did anything surprise you about it? Oh man, you're kind of going in and out, buddy. I'm sorry. Can okay, you repeat the question? Oh, sorry. Basically, what I asked, like, is, um, you know, the New Japan thing that you did. Did it? Sure. What, what did you get out of that experience, and did anything surprise you? Because I, I mean, I have my own stories about Japan. Like, what surprised sure. you about it, and what did you get out of it? Okay, cool. Uh, so, first, I'll give you a thirty-second funny story because I, I can't look past this. I have to let people people know. Please do. Uh, so. So day one, uh, we get there, and of course everybody's nervous, and we've had a couple, you know, at least I think it was a month to prepare when we find out we got accepted and all that good stuff. Uh, I'm not going to tell what all we did because that's, you know, whatever. If you wanted to, you know, participate, go to the camp. (laughs) But uh, we started off, uh, one of the things we did was, uh, I think it was around 400 air squads, and... uh, one of our classmates gets to 50 and ends up like passing out in the ER. I had to come get him. And that, that was just the end of his, uh, his oh, no. <laughs> so my, that's the funniest thing that I took from that. It's just like, come on, man, you, you knew what day it was. You had a month. You didn't, you didn't forget that. This is the day that you walked up to California to get trained by Shibata, you know? So, but, uh, uh, Back to all on a serious note, the, the thing I took from it the most is again that mental capacity that a lot of my peers seem not to have. So I mean, <laughs> I think it just, I think it just made me that much sharper and that being been able, being able to take that much more BS. But at the same time, it uh, just shows me how important that fitness is for sure because a lot of guys just were beat up the entire week because I mean they thrashed us, they killed us for a week. So. Uh, for one thing, uh, mental focus, that's super important. Uh, probably the second most important thing I learned was uh, be super adaptable. Because, I mean, mm. Frank, basically what we did was, I mean, sure, I know how to wrestle in some aspects. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm pretty decent. But uh, you go, you're, you're learning a completely different style, and you're being taught the way they need you to learn, and you need to pick it up fast. And if you can't, you're, you're no good to anybody. So, that's probably the most, the number two, just, you know, be able to pick up anything. And if you can't, just, you know, zone in, don't quit, pay attention, learn. Uh, three, man, it was just, it was just, it was awesome. Just, like I said, to, for me, I, I think I'm pretty decent. Like, I don't think I'm a superstar or anything just yet. I'm sure it'll come, yeah. but I mean, to feel, I just felt like it was day one. And it was just pretty humbling. It was, just, it was a great, it was a great, a great feeling to feel. It's like, oh wow, I'm nothing. I have to show these because you know they didn't know who I cross were. They're right. in a completely different, different world. So it, it was cool to take a step back and have to show someone what I'm capable of. And but it was man, punishment. I, always. I, I mean, I just feel like it's gonna. I mean, it's it's gonna serve you well too because someday you're gonna be in front of whoever, right? William Regal, a, a Triple H, or, or whoever you're trying to impress, and the more opportunities you get, and I, I love the verbiage you're using, which is, 
I think sometimes in the modern age, um, one of the knocks against younger performers is they feel very entitled, right? Like, I, you know, if I have to read on Facebook how long somebody's been doing something, I'm like, what, what the hell does that matter, right? You know, like, I've, I've been in locker rooms with guys who've been doing it, quote, unquote, 30 years who couldn't do a damn thing, right? They were terrible, right? But the guys who looked at every match as sort of an opportunity to show their, their stuff, every opportunity to show at a camp, you know, you're there. To, like, that's the mistake that people make. I think if you go to a seminar with, like, Les Thatcher teaching it or whoever, the the thing isn't supposed to be you're supposed to be on to an extent showing what you've got and showing yourself what you've got. I think a lot of these guys haven't really had their medal tested before. They weren't Marines or they weren't football players. I mean, you know, but I don't think it's a coincidence that you played football, like a guy like Gunnar Miller played football. Cause so you guys are used to having to produce and show somebody what you've produced in order to achieve success. And I, I think that's translating very well to wrestling. Who's who, They're aching for guys like that. I think NXT is full of those kind of guys. You know, they're all the guys who were the best student in the wrestling school. And all of them are kind of like showing and proving. That's what TakeOver showed me. Those are a bunch of hungry men and women who are eager to show that they deserve more. You know, there's no... Oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to be here. There's, of course, that's there somewhere, but that's not what their show. That's not what people want to pay to see. They don't want to pay to see. I'm just glad to be here, guys. They want like, wow, you're freaking amazing. And uh, I think you you served yourself quite well at the New Japan thing for sure. Man, I, I mean, I, I, I do. I gave it everything I had. I, I know. I know for a fact that I stood out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly how good I did, but pers- like, there's nothing I could have done. You know, I cross Isaac Milton that I could go back and do better. Like, there's there's no way. If I could do it all over again, there's that that was it. That was all I had. That's all I'm capable of. And then, I mean, when you do that, you don't you have no regrets. You you can't do it better. It's impossible. So I feel pretty good about it. So, Ike, I've been uh, around Georgia wrestling for a long time, and I can't recall many people, many wrestlers, if any wrestlers, that with your level of experience that are getting, you know, top spots wherever they go. You know, wrestling is a top of the card and getting huge responses from the crowd. I mean, I just, what's that like for you? So, so I, I didn't hear the first part. You were going in and out. Before you repeat it for me, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. I was saying I've been around Georgia Wrestling quite a long time, and I don't remember guys with your level of experience that were getting the level of push in different places and getting top spots in multiple different promotions. Uh, and I, well, I, I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. Oh, I, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, honestly, I... I was going to be as pure as I came with you guys. Honestly, I don't really have any, man. I just I just show up. They tell me what I'm doing, and I just try to kill it. I mean, I don't get too much of a – if you're asking, like, I don't get too much of a big head about it. I, don't, I mean, because, you know, it's just just another day, just another job. I mean, it's 
if I go out there and I don't produce, like we talked about before, I'm I'm not going to be there. So it's more of like, hey, man, keep doing what you're doing, I guess. Or, uh, and if you're asking an aspect, if, I, if I'm nervous, not at all, because, I mean, it's just a wrestling ring. That's what I train for. I mean, nothing's mm-hmm. different. It may, it may be, a, you know, a different opponent or, you know, a different place. or It's, it's just a wrestling ring, man. <laughs> That's well, how I felt yeah. at New Japan. Well, watching you in the ring, you look anything but nervous. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if you talk to if you uh you, you guys get to know me or you you know if you ask someone who knows me, I think the number one thing they'll tell you is I cross, you know, in a sense just doesn't care. I mean, and I don't. I mean, <laughs> I do. I then I care about the business and I love what I do and I care about what I do to do it the best. But I don't care in the sense of I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to hold back. I'm just going to bloop. I'm going to give you all I got. And then, you know, like I said before, if you give all you got, there's nothing you can do after that because that's all you had. There's no time machine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a perspective that's definitely serving you well. And it's, I dare say, it's the perspective you're supposed to have when you're relatively new. You know, your job is to not be a locker room leader, whatever the hell that means in the modern age. You know, your job is to be like, for lack of a better term, the good soldier, right? (laughs) You have your marching orders, you go out there, you do the very best job that you can within the context of what you're being given to do. And, uh, and then you're rewarded accordingly. And I, I think that that's a great place to be. It's just sort of like, you know how, like, when Jay-Z became big, then every rapper wanted to be a mogul, right? <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, no, just be a, be a rapper. Like, just, like, just, yeah. no, go, go out and, like, crush the song. I don't want to hear about your enterprise and your bullshit shoe line and, you know, who you're dating. Like, be a great rapper first. Then you get to be a mogul. And I think you're at the stage where it's, like, your job is to go out and do the best you can with the spot that you're given. And obviously a lot's being put on you in wrestling terms. Like you're at the top of the card, you're the champ of this, that, and the other, but you do have a proper perspective. And again, the people probably get mad that I say this. I can't wait for the negative emails that I get. Um, but it is just fucking wrestling, <laughs> right? It's just fucking wrestling. I mean, at the end of the day, I used to say this to the students all the time. I'm like, you're the best fake fighter. It's like, you know, cause I, I had a hand in training Davy Richards and he, I, I just beat that into him where it's just like, even if you're the best pro wrestler in the world, which is something, a label that people hung on him. I'm like, so what? You're the best fake fighter in the world. What the fuck does that yeah, even I, mean? Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think I literally think that's one of the reasons why I'm doing so well, because I, I, I preach that all the time. I don't say the F word, the the fake word, but I don't say the F word right. because it upsets so, so many people get butthurt about it. But I, I definitely say, like, it's a it's an I cross quote. It's I work. Like, it's a work, man. Like, like gee, I, I, I have to pound that into most people's heads. Because, I mean, being new, everybody, especially when I first got here, because I'm a pretty decent-sized kid, and I have – I got the abs and I got the athletic ability. So everyone, you know, they want to remind me that I was new, which is fine. But it's like, come on, guys. It's work. Let's all uh, all calm down. (laughs) 
And mm-hmm. what, I mean, and plus I always can, like I'm 20, you know, I, I turned 27 on Sunday. I'm 27 years old. I'm about to get married. I've been in the Marine Corps. I've done this. I've done that. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a grown man, guys. <laughs> and this is the work. Let's yeah. calm down and just go to work. <laughs> and then we go home. And then we'll come to work again, and we'll go home, and we'll just we'll just keep this thing going. Mhm. So Ike, what, Larry, what does Ike yes. what does Ike Cross need to do to take it to the next level? Oh man, that's easy. I just keep doing what I'm doing. That's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when I want to step it up even more than what I'm doing now. I tell uh, so <laughs> I since I started, and I I still believe it. I, I tell as a you know jokingly fifty fifty. I believe this. In my head, Vince McMahon has a contract with my name on it, and he's just waiting for me to sign it. Whenever I'm ready, I just got to go to him and show him and let him know, and I get, I get my contract. But it's only when I'm ready. I mean, that's how I look at it. It's like I, keep, I tell myself I got everything I need, and I know I do, but it, it's going to take a little more than what I have, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yes. Like, like the the world's my oyster. I just gotta open it up. And so I'm not really worried of. I mean, it's not really a worry amount of if I'm gonna make it. I'm I'm sure I will. I mean, or or I won't. Whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll marry my beautiful fiance and go do something else. <laughs> but right. I'm sure. It'll so Ike, uh, I, I, where 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 will we be seeing you soon? Where, oh man. I was on a roll, and you just you just killed my momentum. Let's let's pull out the calendar. <laughs> That's what Larry <laughs> does. I, That's what Larry does. I can't. <laughs> I'm not the brain. All right, so we got uh, Southern Fry the 21st. I think I have Johnny Nix. Uh, I have Anarchy wrestling this weekend. I'm facing off against the Big Jeter. So I, who knows if I'll make it to the 21st? But if I do, <laughs> I'll have Johnny Nix. Uh, NCW, we're going to be back the 20th, and uh, who knows what I'll be doing there, but I'm glad to be back, because I've been, I got taken out, you know, and then uh, <laughs> had to go do the New Japan things, I hadn't been there in a little while, that'll be fun, and uh, there's a, I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, it's a Universal Championship Wrestling, this new or old promotion that's uh, kind of on a resurgence. And we got uh, mm-hmm. Jack Swagger and Tommy uh, Wildfire Ridge and a ton of other guys that you know bigger names than I cross. I'm, I'm going to be a part of that on the 28th. Well, uh, so, Ike, where's that? Where's that Universal show? Uh, they keep it keeps moving around. I'm not entirely sure. Like as we speak this moment, like I said, I'm not the I'm not the the dates tapped in guy I'm gonna look at my calendar and realize I have to wrestle that weekend guy so (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure sure. it's in Georgia so it's close uh yeah okay uh, Larry Larry can find that out for sure it looks like it's Mm -hmm. Griffin is what is the last posting is Griffin Georgia there we go thank you sir (laughs) cool well, uh, Ike, um, thanks for talking to us. I'm gonna since you're gonna get married, I'm gonna give you um, the three bits of advice that my parents gave me when I got married, and because uh, it's smart, it's just smart ass shit. So, <laughs> the first was a very practical thing, which is my parents told me, each one of you pick a job that you never want to do again, and the other person just agrees to do it. So my wife does not cook, 
and she does that grocery shop. I do that. And then she does the laundry. Um, so I never had to do laundry again. And let me tell you the difference that's made in our marriage. It is so wonderful that I don't have to do something that I absolutely hate to do. <laughs> so that's why. Uh, you know what? I already, I already have a little of that going on. So that's, that's, that is great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Good. good. Uh, another thing is you never talk shit about your spouse to anybody else. And that seems very obvious, but every day I see on Facebook, people make this mistake. They complain about their husband or they complain about their wife or they complain to their friends or they complain to your family. Fuck all of them. Because at the end of the day, whatever you tell somebody else about your wife to be is their impression of her exclusively because they don't live with her. So they don't see the 98% of the good stuff. They're only hearing about the 2% of the bad stuff, and it doesn't help anything. Um, that one I had to find out was true <laughs> later. And then, uh, and, then, and then the third thing was um, fight fair, which that's all they said. They didn't, they didn't put any context on it. They just said fight fair. And, uh, and that's taken probably like 10 out of the 13 years I've been married to finally figure out what that meant. And uh, so there, there's my three bits of advice. Now, Larry is the love guru. Larry, do you have any advice or well wishes for Ike Cross as he's going to get married? You know, I thought you something. Those were really good things, really solid pieces of advice you gave. I don't have anything beyond with that that I could add. Those are, those are great. <laughs> Larry's Larry's is never play paid prostitutes with a check. I think that's Well Ike, uh any last words before you get going? Uh not really. Come watch me wrestle. Everyone. If you listen to this, come watch me wrestle, it'll be fun. Or it won't. But I already have you bought the ticket, so <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I, I look forward to seeing you wrestle in the future. Hell, hurry up and get signed by the WWE so I can just see you here in Florida. <laughs> Save me a drive. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll work on that, man. <laughs> hey, thank you, guys. Take care. Take care. <laughs> see ya. Uh, you, Larry, can I admit something? Please. I need to admit something. Um, I had assumed just based on what I had heard about Ike Cross and, and I had heard nothing like uh, of a personal nature, like, Oh, he's this way or that way. But just in terms of like the push he was getting and the places he was wrestling, I kind of assumed he was, he was going to be sort of an empty headed dipshit. Is that terrible? It's probably terrible, but I'm happy to say that I was proven wrong. I think that's a guy that, He's already got a, a lot of perspective in his own life, and I think that, that in the modern game, that lends to success. I think there was a time in wrestling where you could just get away with being a completely 100% devoted wrestling person whose like, life outside of wrestling didn't matter. I think like Ric Flair is the embodiment of that. Almost every yeah. aspect of Ric Flair's life that wasn't between the ropes was shit. I mean, and he lived this great life. Don't get me wrong. It's like rock star lifestyle. But I mean, as far as like family and the rest of that, I mean, who gave a shit, right? I mean, look like what rock star had like a good family life and marriage. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, like Ike, Ike Ross mm-hmm. seems to, like, have a pretty healthy attitude. He thinks he's going to make it. He feels pretty confident he's going to make it. But if he doesn't make it, his life's going to be fine. He's going to have a good life. You know, I mean, that's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, he's I mean, got a good we've age. seen a number, of, a number of examples, I won't name names, lately of uh, Georgia indie wrestling personalities that literally unravel in real time on social media right in front of you. And you look at it and you think, I mean, the word that I would use is pathetic, pathetic. And nobody wants to have that as part of their life. Uh, Nowadays, I think, the foundation, you know, back in the day, in like the 70s and 80s, wouldn't pro wrestlers tell guys who were new in the business, oh, go get your education, it's so important. But they didn't really mean it. <laughs> they didn't mean it. If you wanted to make it in the 70s and the 80s, like having a college degree meant less than nothing, right? I mean, it was really, you, you needed to get in there and you needed to freaking embody the lifestyle and you needed to get in good with the boys. Like now... I actually think having a foundation, be that an education or a good job or a solid at-home family life, those things actually can lend themselves to success. Um, It's sort of the aesthetic how it used to be the boys would go out drinking and partying and all that stuff after a show in the WWE, and now it's the guys are more inclined to go back to their hotel room and play video games. And there's something about that that bothers me. I'm not going to lie, like as an old school wrestling person, or I'm like, Jesus, these fucking guys. But (laughs) there's no doubt that, I mean, with the physical toll, the demands to work out and all the rest of it, you need, I think blowing off steam is a very different thing in 2018. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, let's yeah. we let's talk some positive stuff here. You know, we've got some. Uh, yeah. Not that that interview wasn't positive, because it, obviously it really was. But mm-hmm. um, we got some Georgia folks doing some great things. Oh, let's uh, talk about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Aja Pereira in Japan, uh, Sugar Dunkerton going over to England, John Schuyler on Raw last night. Um, you know, we got some we got some guys knocking it out of the park here, and uh, uh, our guest in two weeks, Priscilla Kelly, she's all over the place. Um, so I mean, we've got some folks really, really doing well um, in 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 really going places. It's really nice to see. It is nice to see. I, you know, uh, when I said to Charles last week, uh, I think you know the fact that Charles really can't be involved with wrestling like he would like to be. I think there is a loss because the number of guys who are truly good people running it are are in short supply. But one thing that is good is all the guys running promotions and booking promotions, the Rick Michaels and, and the rest. You know what is great, Larry? None of them are aspiring, at least outwardly, to get into, like, WWE. Like, this is not, like some bullshit stepping stone to getting a job writing for the fed. I, I think all the guys who are working now really are about, they, they understand their place, which is their job is to develop guys to get to the next level, which they will not be involved with. Mm-hmm. And they've all settled into that role. 
whether it's Hankins or Dan or Rick Michaels or Bill Barron's, like I, I think everybody is genuinely working for the most part for the best. And I'm talking about the the major, the major promotions in Georgia. Keep that in mind. Yeah, I'm not I, saying all of them because some of them could just burn to the ground. I wouldn't give a shit. But I think no. But I the, the, I agree with you. The, yeah. the, the major for the major ones, Georgia wrestling is is in a healthier state than it's been in, uh, since I don't know when. For the reasons you just yeah. said, yeah, couldn't couldn't yeah, agree yeah. more. And and, and 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 you've got, got people with just the raw goods to make good. Uh, you know. Gunner Miller, and you look at Ike Cross. I mean, you look at these. Look at Priscilla Kelly. I mean, she is a phenomenal look. At, she's special. I re- I remember one of the first takes that you had about her was that's a potential diva right there. And I mean, her mom went crazy for it and posted. She she said, you know, oh God, that mom. Yeesh. But like. <laughs> You're not wrong, right? Like some people just have it. Some people yeah. just have something special. And it's been a while since that's been the case in Georgia, to be honest, where you had a number of people who had the p- true potential um, and the desire to want to make it. I mean, I mean, maybe not since the days of Wildside. So it, it is nice to see this kind of resurgence that's happened. And it's the right formula, you know. And I'd be remiss not to mention Zombie Dragon over in China. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, all of those people have something in common. And I think the common element of all the people who are currently making it is they just have um, an incredible faith in themselves, as corny as that sounds. Where, I mean, I think Ike Cross's attitude which a lot of old school guys, Larry, would say, oh, that's not good, right? They're not 100% devoted or not. But it, it's, I think a lot of the younger wrestlers, the one distinct positive thing you can say is they have a perspective on their lives a little more than maybe a generation before them did. And that includes me. You know, like I bit every. Like, you know, oh, this is the, I mean, any guy my age has a million stories about being, you know, lured into working for some fed for cheap or free with the promise of, but this thing is going to make it big, or it's going to be on TV, or it's going to lead to this, or it's going to lead to that. And we all went for it, you know, whereas the guys now, I think that they, they really have sort of learned from the experiences of others older than themselves. And seem to have a pretty level head on their shoulders. I mean, Priscilla Kelly, she's going, the path that she's taking is not unlike the path that many before her have taken. You know, you, you make it big where you are, then you, then you go work for Shimmer and you go work for Shine and you get seen. And then you, you know, like she's not reinventing the wheel. <laughs> and I think that there's something really smart about that. You know, well, you go with your pen if you're Aja Pereira, you know, we'll have uh, Priscilla here to talk with us about her career. Um, As we go out mm -hmm. here, some upcoming show notes, the aforementioned universal show in Griffin. This is the return to promoting of one Ronnie Gossett of Ron Gossett, I should say, not Ronnie P, but Ron Gossett. 
uh, who's promoted in Georgia before and uh, has had some issues in the past with his shows he's promoted. Um, on this show, Stephen, he's got advertised on the poster uh, Brady Pierce, Chris Michaels, uh, Chase Stevens, Jackson James, Bobby Fulton, The Assassin, Jack Swagger, Damian Wayne, Wes Briscoe, and C.W. Anderson. All these folks are advertised for April 28th in Griffin at the Taylor Street Gym. I might have to go check that one out. Oh, um, oh I can't wait for that report. Uh, also upcoming, the debut of a new promotion, uh, not that far from Griffin, actually, in, uh, well, in, in Tyrone, Georgia. Uh, Mr. Delicious, otherwise known as uh, Matt Griffin, his action wrestling debuts. He's got a pretty interesting lineup. He's bringing in some guys from uh, CWF um, over in the Carolinas there. He's got Eric Royal on mm-hmm. the card. He's got Cam Carter versus Billy Buck, AC Mack versus Joey Lynch. Fred Yehi versus Kane Justice. That ought to be interesting. Another CWF Mid-Atlantic guy. And he lost uh, Austin Theory in the main event against Gunnar Miller, and he's been re- uh, replaced by Dominic Garini. That's on Friday the 27th. Of course, next weekend we've got Hardcore Hell. I mean, this upcoming weekend, Hardcore Hell in Cornelia, mm-hmm. the 20th version there. And UIW is going to run their tag team tournament on the 21st, but it will not be at the VFW Fairgrounds. There's a tractor show. So, so they're back in they're back in in Buchanan, unfortunately for them. Um, that's that's been a very tough building to draw a crowd in. You're not going to get out trumped by the king of the white trash sports, unfortunately. Yes, <laughs> yes. bumped by the tractor show. <laughs> Always in Colorado, it was always some kind of like cattle auction would bump us out of the. <laughs> it's like damn you, cow auction. <laughs> anyway, um, Larry, great show, and we'll be back in two weeks with Priscilla Kelly. Hubba hubba. Until then, for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. See you in two weeks on the Tipping Point. Thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.